Uh, good morning. It's good to see everybody. Um, our pastor messaged me at, I think it was like 10:15 last night, and uh, said, hey, um, I'm throwing up, so you have to preach. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're going to see how this goes today. Um, but um, I uh, talked to him, just pray for him. Uh, you know, I, I don't know anybody that likes throwing up, but... Um, we pray for a speedy recovery. I, it sounds like it's what's been going around and all that. So if you're here and you're not feeling good as well, we're praying for you. If you're watching us live and you're not feeling well, we're praying for you as well. Um, I, I had been working on a, a long sermon series, um, and we just kind of pushed it forward a little bit, uh, meshed some, some things into uh, a sermon. And uh, my prayer today is that it comes out... Uh, completely okay. It comes out with God's words and not mine. It comes out with uh, the hope um, that God has laid in my heart. Um, this, this sermon comes from a place uh, of observation, of, of looking around, of, of being able to be in a place in my life where um, for the majority of it, I've been able to take, take a step back um, and be more of a facilitator um, than a doer. And that's different. That's a learning. <laughs> There's learning with that because if you're anybody, I, I feel like me and Aaron are one in the same people where if, if we're not doing something, you know, it, something's wrong <laughs> and we constantly have to be moving. So to be in a place at times to where you are to be still is new and it's learning. Um, one of the things I've observed and one of the, uh, some of the notes I've taken down and uh, over probably the past two or three months has just asked a very simple question. It's a song from the eighties. <laughs> um, and there's many jokes we can talk about, but the question I ask is what's love got to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> Tina, t it was a number one hit. Um, I helped her write it. I'm just joking. Um, no, but I, I honestly ask what's love got to do with it? I look around and, and I, 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 I'm going to start this whole morning out by asking you this one question. How do you start your day? How do you view your day? There's an obvious idea of self-reliance. You get up, you've got to go to the bathroom, shower, hopefully in that order. Um, <laughs> um, you, you have to, uh, you, hopefully, you know, most, most people have devotions in the morning. They spend time with God in the morning. Um, if, if you're a parent of young kids, that time is usually spent with the door, bathroom door barricaded shut for just even five minutes of peace. Um, yeah, I testify in the back there. Um, but but I, I, to ask an honest question, what does, what does love have to do with your morning preparation? What does love have to do with your morning drive? What does love have to do when you go to clock into work? When you deal with whatever it is you deal with? Uh, I, I think God has put in my life many people that don't deal with the public. Uh, one of my oldest friend in the back, Jeremy, um, we used to get locked in cages uh, back in the day here um, together. Um, but, uh, but Jeremy doesn't deal with the general public. J Jeremy is a carpenter. He deals with cabinet making and he's a magician. It's crazy. Um, but God puts those people in my life because literally between church and in my job at Xfinity, 
all I do for a living is talk. There's not a lot of time for me to be quiet. Not that that would help, but <laughs> I, I could stare at a wall and talk to it for three hours if I thought about it uh, th thoroughly. But, but God in, in recent years has maybe taken people out of my life that keeps me chattering and put, has put people in my life that's allowed me to listen to engage, to ask questions, and then be able to sit back and listen. And this is, to me, one of the most common questions that, the, the, the most common question that just keeps on coming to my mind. Those folks, we come out, the last two, two and a half years have been nuts. I, I, unbelievable. My job on the 15th uh, just allowed us to start taking our masks off. I tell you, when I go back in our break room, and I go to walk, out on, walk back out on the floor, it, it, we've trained ourselves to be like, oh, it's not on, you know? Uh, it, it's not there. We, things have changed. What, what was, we've, I, how many times have we said this? What we once knew as normal isn't normal anymore. What we were once secure in, we're not secure in anymore. We, it, you ever get nervous about going to the grocery store? Last two years have been kind of weird. <laughs> Get nervous about doing the most basic of things, going out to eat, you know, going out to, and, and I, I say that to say, listen, my hope is in Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of, of God's, God's plan for my life. It, if it's to live up to 38 and a half, then it's to live up to 38 and a half. If it's to go to 187 like my grandparents, then it's, it's, it's that. <laughs> It's, it's, I don't know. It's weird that they discovered America, but, you know, it's, they're still here and they can tell all about it, you know? It's great. It was a long boat ride. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, you know, it's all good. They, I love you. Um, please don't hurt me. Um, <laughs> But, but I, say, I say that jokingly because I'm buying time to figure out what I'm going to preach about today. Um, I'm just joking. But no, I, I say that to say this. It doesn't matter what, what your plan is. Uh, when your hope is in Jesus Christ, you don't have a fear uh, of, of the day ahead of you. But this is where my, my magic question of the day comes in. There are some who don't have that hope. And when love is not the centerpiece of, uh, of, of everything that we do, and we're going to read about what type of love. I, I promise you this, I don't, love, I, I don't love God the same way that I love Taco Bell. I don't love God the same way I, I love, uh, love Coca-Cola. I, I don't love God the same way that I love the Dodgers. And what's cool is he doesn't love me the same way he loves the birds of the air, or the birds and, and the fish in the sea, the, the chipmunks that run around and, and get. He says, if I provide for them, how much more do I love you? And when he made that statement, he made that statement knowing that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. So when we say, what's love got to do with it? We ask ourselves, we say, what's love got to do with God's sacrifice? What's, got, what's love got to do with Jesus' time here on earth? What's love got to do with, with how Jesus responded to those who aren't the easiest to respond to? Amen, 
Uh, amen. <laughs> parents, uh, parents with teenagers. <laughs> I, I'm not there yet, but I can already tell you that my two-year-old daughter, I'm like, this is, this is why I didn't want a girl. This, <laughs> she is, whew, the attitude is already there, and I'm just like, I don't know how to deal with this because I just used to like make fun of my sisters when they threw attitudes. I can't do that to my daughter. I have to love her with all my heart. But, <laughs> but, but what's love got to do with it? How does our love endure? I'm not going to pull 1 Corinthians 13. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of that, uh, that's where all of our minds go to, right? We know that love endures. It doesn't boast itself. It doesn't brag. We know all that. But let's dig into how God displays his love. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. First John 4, 7, and 8 says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one that does not, lo uh, does not love does not know God because what? God is love. How do we know that God is love? Before we dig into more scripture, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So when we say, well, what is God's love? What, how does God demonstrate his love towards us? There's another piece of scripture that says, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's what this says, right? To those who don't love God or don't show love, they don't know God, which then ties that together and says, God loves even the ungodly. So what are we supposed to display, Christian? Verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. Whenever you hear a first, what usually comes after that? I always, I joke around, I'm always like point one, B, and then number three. <laughs> you skip, skip around, confuse people. There's always, there's always something after that, right? If you're a chase, you know that you have many points to make. So it's never just point one. <laughs> there's, many, there's many in here that would like to make fun of that, but people like Lewis know that there's point one, two, three, four, and five, and six with him too. So, so while you're thinking of the text message to send me, just know that I already knew. Um, <laughs> I, I thought of the comment ahead of time. Um, but I'm going to drink this real quick. Hold on. Um, what I, what I believe is this. We see the past two years, and if we see past the craziness, we should see the need and the opportunity right now that we have as the church. I believe there has never been a time in my 38 and a half years of living that I have seen such struggle, such fear. We're coming out of a pandemic, and now, we're, you know, I got a call from uh, one of my mentors uh, down in Kentucky. He was at my ordination service uh, 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 four years ago, but he, he, the first thing his wife said is, are we going to war? I mean, not, hey, how you doing? <laughs> what do you think? What do you, th and, and we just had a great talk, and I said, you know, no matter what happens, God's still on the throne. I still have my hope in Jesus Christ. I don't fear what comes after because I have the confidence of the moment. 
I, I, I posted a quote on Facebook yesterday that says, don't, don't forget where you're going because you're happy and content where you're at right now. Don't forget, don't, and, and let's flip that. Let's pull a negative spin to that. Don't worry so much about the present that you forget the promise that you've put in, put in your life and the hope in Jesus Christ. See, what's love got to do with it? Love, <laughs> Bible says love call, covers a multitude of sin, a lack of faith. Biblically is sin, not trusting what God has said to you. Now, it doesn't mean that, listen, Christians, again and again and again, it doesn't mean that we throw caution in the wind. We just say, not going to put the brakes on today when I'm going to work. I'm just going to pray for every light to be green. You take the cautionary tales in front, you take the caution in front of you, right? You obey things, but we don't stress because we know that if we put our hope in God, if we love God the way he loves us, that we are covered, that we are taken care of. We have that promise. Now, how do we show that? How do we translate that love in our everyday life? <laughs> the joke I have here, and I worked through it with Mary, I said, what's love got to do with it? Nothing, so we'll dig into a different sermon. Um, I'm just joking, but, <laughs> but I believe love has everything to do with it. Songs have been written. There's another song that says, I believe that love is the answer. I believe, you know, it's where, I, you know, I should just make an album. Um, but I ask this question, but why is love the answer? Why? Why is love the pathway to Christ? Why is it a a paved road with some bumps, a typical Massachusetts road with some potholes, bumps, and, you know, d despite all the excise tax, you know, <laughs> holes everywhere. Why is it the pathway to Christ? The first thing is love changes what we see. Amen? Love changes what we see. It doesn't mean the color of your shirt's white color your shirt's green, it, 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 that it's different. If I ask how many times you've heard, uh, heard two stories in the Bible, the woman at the well and the woman caught in the act of adultery, where does your mind immediately go to those stories? Redemption, right? My question is, how do you get to Redemption. How do you show them that they are redeemed by the blood of the, uh, of the living, loving Savior that is Jesus Christ? Jesus displayed an ultimate love in John 4, 7 through 26. We, we, we won't read, you know, that 20 verses. But your reaction is, man, he, he was tired. He did it. He simply used love when nobody else was showing love and changed how he saw the situation. I'm thirsty, get me something to drink. Well, why are you talking to me? Is what the Samaritan woman said. You're, you're so, we're people that don't talk to each other. I'll say this, he then looked and said, if you knew what I was actually talking about, you wouldn't have asked that question. How many times do you display love in your everyday? I've got a couple scenarios, a, couple, a few scenarios that we go down. 
But first, uh, I've, uh, there's a movie that's been remade a few times. If you know anything about me, I'm, I'm a movie buff. Me and my wife just love, 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 love movies. Um, and there's a movie over the past probably two or three weeks that as I've been digging into this, that is just stuck in my mind because it's a story of tragedy. It's a story of hopelessness. It's a, uh, of sadness. And it, uh, if you've ever seen uh, the movie A Star is Born, um, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, I listened to a song that was written, and it was uh, at the end of the movie. If you haven't seen it, it's about to get spoiled, but um, <laughs> not my problem. It's been out for two years. Um, <laughs> um, as, I as I listened to the song, um, Bradley Cooper's character was somebody that was addicted to drugs and alcohol and uh, came from a really rough background, you know, rough life. Um, and, you know, mom died at childbirth. Dad, dad died before he was 13, and it just going through life, and, and he found hope in his spouse. He found hope in this woman that he just met by chance and changed his life. And it came a point in time where his life, he hit rock bottom, uh, as most do, and he went into rehab. And when he, uh, when he met with the, uh, Allie, the character in the movie, she said, I want you to tell me about this. And he opened up this book, and he pulled out these lyrics I tell you what, what I saw was not depravity, human deprecation. <laughs> I saw joy, if I'm being honest with you. I saw joy because I saw those words and they became real to me about my Savior. It, 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 uh, it talked about, um, I gave my phone away, so give me one second. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. That's why I got data on this. <laughs> um, he, he spoke and said, I don't want uh, to feel another touch. I don't want to start another fire. I don't want to know another kiss. Uh, no uh, uh, other name fallen off my lips. I don't want to give my heart away to another stranger. That's real to me. I, I look, I don't want to serve any other God. I don't want to live any other way. I don't want to put, uh, I don't want to put any other God before me. I don't ever want to love something else as much as I love my Savior. And what he looked at that moment is, is he said, I've found what true love is. Christians, we know what true love is. We know what gives love, <laughs> what, what gives an eternal love far beyond any of our day-to-day, -day, uh, far beyond the the five and a half years I've been married to, to the most amazing person that I've ever had in my life. That is my rock that I, I promise you that the, uh, many, uh, I've, this, this realization came to me that if I ever lost my wife, I'd be lost, I, I'd be lost other than the fact that I know Jesus Christ and my personal Lord and Savior. She keeps me functional, <laughs> structured, organized, whatever word you need to use, that's what she does for me. But I love her. I love that, she, that we can both be our weird, awkward selves and we love each other more and more because of it. But you know what's crazy? There's, <laughs> there's a creator of all things that loves us more than that. And when I look at those words, when I look at, when I look at that, I don't ever want to escape life's hardships by running to something else that I love. 
Cutlass wrote a song that says, take me into the holy of holies. I want to be able to go into the presence of my God and, and experience that love when I need it, when I want it, when I don't know that I need it. Christian, my question is, if that's you and you feel that and you want that as well, how are you showing that to those who obviously don't have that? What are you doing in your everyday life to show that incredible, powerful love that only Jesus can show? When we go over to John chapter 8, and it just starts uh, in verse, uh, verse 2, I want to read what he, what, or, uh, we're going to jump down to verse 10, uh, because what we're doing is Jesus was preaching and the Pharisees and the rulers took a woman caught in the act of adultery and tried to trap God, tried to trap him. Anybody ever been tried to be trapped at work or everyday life with your faith? <laughs> Somebody ask you one of those magical trick questions that is, to, that is the questions of the day because they know you're a believer in God and they want to start an argument? I want, you to, I want you to grasp this concept today. You ever think that it wasn't just the love to the adulterous woman that Jesus was displaying there? Could Jesus could have tore up those Pharisees in a public, public forum, could have ripped them apart and made them look ridiculous in front of other people. That's a display of love right there. It's tough. You ever, you ever have that person that you're just like, eh, I'm done with you. I just can't handle you anymore. Jesus said, if you're without sin, cast a first stone. He didn't say, he didn't say, you guys are just as big as sinners. It doesn't matter what you've done. I, 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 Jesus has said before, if you've sinned in your, in your mind, it's the, same as, it's the same as sinning physically. He didn't look at them and say, you're horrible, rotten people for trying to do this. He just said, lay down your stones and go away. Go think about, <laughs> parents, go think about what you've done. That's, what our, that's how our Savior responded in love. How do we respond to those, uh, I'll be honest, those trick questions of the day? Now, I have no problem having a conversation with people. I had a great conversation with a couple of teenagers that used to come through my, uh, come, come, uh, that have come through our youth ministry and our, our parents now. And uh, a lot of the K through third grade questions about what to teach and what to offer is a hot topic and a hot button. And I just was able to have a, a, a forum in, in a Facebook chat for about three or four hours with them. That's not all, always the case, right? They're not always fun, respectable conversations to have. What do we do? How do we respond when we know there's a trap being set for us? Do we affect lives more by showing love and grace and mercy? I know what's right. I know what the science proves. I, I know what my Bible says, but they don't. So how do we get them to understand by yelling, screaming, throwing, ignoring, or show love. 
Then he looks in and, and, and when he showed his ultimate, that, that big side of love, he then looked one-on-one -on -one and he said, where are your accusers? None, then go your way and sin no more. I ask you today, when you limit the love that you show to this world, how is that sacrifice, how are those words echoing in your life? It's a, it's a crazy question to ask. Love changes what we see. It can take someone that doesn't seem to fit right. I, I've said for, you know, uh, we, we've, Pastor and me have always talked about how new life sometimes seems to be an island of misfit toys. You know, the, the ones that don't really know where to feel comfortable. We've come from rough backgrounds or we, you know, the, there's certain four-letter words that are part of our everyday, you know, uh, conversation and, uh, or, or language. And, but we come here and we're not judged for that. We, we walk into church and with, you know, hats. I remember there was a, a gentleman that used to come here that was a big motorcycle guy and he would just show up in a leather vest. No, Mark, oh, Mark, just leather vest, no shirt underneath it, uh, pants, obviously, but <laughs> thankfully, but just a leather vest. But you know what he honestly said? He goes, I continually do that because I want to make sure that when I walk in, I'm going to be accepted for being me, the way God accepts me, rather than da -da 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 -da, being judged for how people think I look. Your value is not placed on how you look. Your value is not placed on the, the expensive or non-expensive type of clothes that you like. I wish I could pull off those cool like wolf t-shirts howling at the moon, but I can't. So I wear baseball jerseys. God loves me just as much as he loves the ones that can pull off the wolf howling at the moon t-shirts. Do we display that type of love when those people not just don't fit our circle of friends, just don't seem to fit, be that piece of the puzzle that, that you just can't find. <laughs> what we do should bring glory to God. God takes our mess, that which we create. Remember that. The mess that we create takes our dysfunction and when laid at, it, laid at his feet, turns it into a life-changing experience, not just for us. Listen, Christians, and I can't reiterate this enough, we already have the promise and the hope that, that when we die, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. We are not to stay idle in that. What is the Great Commission? Go. Not to sit and wait, not to be like, okay, saw all you guys last week, Who's coming in that I don't know this week? The Bible says to go. Go, 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 go. Did Jesus ever go without love? No. Everything Jesus did was wrapped in love. Are we human? We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall short. That's why falling short, we have the glory of God and the promise that he's going to forgive us of all unrighteousness. But when we see these two stories, do we see a need that goes far beyond the obvious? And do we translate that far beyond the obvious in our lives? Prayer of Jabez. Do everybody remember when that little book, The Prayer of Jabez, went like viral all over? The, it was I, probably like 2004, 2005. Um, but, but it blessed me indeed. Open up my, my, broaden my horizons. 
You know, broaden my horizons when you dig into that prayer. It says, let me see what I can't typically see. Life is not like the state of Kansas, right? You can't stand at one end of the state and see the complete other end of it because of its flat. It's more like the Rocky Mountains, right? Or the Himalayas or Mount Everest, whatever the mountain that's attached, formation that's attached to. You can't see sometimes beyond. But what does the Bible say about the mountain? When we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move that mountain and we can broaden our horizons and see what God has for us. When we ask for that, when we seek for that, when, when we look, when we chase after that with consistency, may I add, God changes the need that we see. How do you see the need of helping others? Is it something that's in the moment or is it something that can change their life? It doesn't mean you have to start your own business, be uber successful and hire every homeless person, but it does mean sometimes you just have to have a conversation that goes beyond, here's a sandwich. Here's $5. We've got a can collector here. By the way, I've got like 16 bags. Um, <laughs> what, do I, what I will say with that is, have we ever seen a need that says, oh, this need is greater than mine. The sacrifice of that need right now, God's tugging in my heart. I don't know, God, I don't see beyond that. I have to take a drink again, so I'll eventually get there. I see a need beyond that. I don't, or I don't see, I, I don't see the purpose of it, but God help me to. Uh, one, of the, one of the coolest things I love about Aaron is, I, first of all, I thought I talked a lot, and I thought I could just talk to anybody. But, but Aaron has an ability to evangelize and does evangelize her faith in a way that I've never seen before. And I mean that. Uh, this, I don't know how some of these conversations come to fruition, but they just do. Uh, we've had family come here from Dunkin' Donuts, and we've had, I mean, all these different walks of life. We've had people, she just talks to anybody about her faith. Can I be honest with you? That's a love that sees beyond a temporary need. That see, that a, momentary, a momentary need. That's a love that sees people that need their eternity changed. It doesn't take much. You don't have to be the most social human being in the world. You can be completely antisocial and just say, thanks for the coffee, God bless you. Is there anything I can pray for you about? hey, thanks for bagging up my groceries at Big Y. I'm going to ring that bell for you just so you know. But I want you to know that I'm going to be praying for you specifically. Your servers. Uh, 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 who's got TikTok? Yeah? Yeah? It's, there, I, I, listen, I, I'm, sh I'm a shameless tick. I don't make the videos. I put some pictures up of my wife because she's gorgeous and sometimes I can't believe she's with me, so you got to make it known publicly. Um, but... I, uh, when, I, when I look at this, love changes what we see, I, I see some of these viral videos that go through and it's people doing uh, a Venmo challenge. And if you don't know what a Venmo challenge is, it's where a bunch of people send money to a specific Venmo, you withdraw that money, and then you go to a restaurant and you give the server however much money is there. And the stories that come from that, 
I, I, I wasn't going to be able to pay my rent. Uh, I, I watched one, I think it was two days ago, where they gave a server, like it was like $18,000 that people just flooded in and gave. And she goes, my car literally just broke down and I have bad credit. I, I don't have anybody that can co-sign a loan. And I can now take that money and go buy a new car so that me and my kids can go to school. And at the end of the video, the guy goes, would you consider taking that car to church here and coming and seeing what more this money could, that this money can, yes, change your future, but I've got something that could change your eternity. And I was like, whoa, that's something different. <laughs> like the heart, like the heart, you know, the click on the red, you know, whatever, make it red, whatever they say. When things don't go our way, how quickly do we walk away from the very foundation that we've built our life on? When love takes over what we see, it then changes the way we see it. And that's our second point today. Love changes the way we see it. When we go into John chapter 6, we're going to live in John right now. John 6 verse 1 the feeding of the 5,000. After this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee. A huge crowd was, follow, uh, was following him because they saw the signs that he was performing by healing the sick. Jesus went up to the mountain and sat down there with the disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. So when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, uh, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough to feed, the, uh, feed for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon's Peter, uh, Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they... Uh, what are, what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered out about 5,000. Jesus took uh, the loaves. After giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told the disciples, collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. It changes what we see. How many times have you at work, and I, I thought uh, this happened to me the other day and it changed a little question that I asked. How many times at work have you been in your break room and somebody comes in and says, ooh, that smells good? It changes <laughs> how we see, hey man, you wanna try my food? They try, oh, that's really good. Oh, do you have lunch today? See where I'm going with that? Sometimes it's, oh man, I'm really hungry. I gotta eat my whole sandwich. I got to eat my whole, I made the really good meat sauce earlier this week. It was pretty incredible. Oh, okay. I was like, you're welcome. I didn't know I shared it with you. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> oops, well, point proven there. Um, but I walked in and I sat down and there's a girl, I, and I mean this in the kindest way, and I promise this comes out as a compliment, the weirdest human being I've ever met in my life. Like when you think of weird, she's on an island by herself and she's watching right now. Uh, so Cassidy, I know uh, I, I've said it to her. Weirdest human being I've ever met in my life. I just, she's out there. She, her sense of humor is 
it's it's different. It's fun. Um, when she gets angry or she has an angry customer, the way she works at it, she'll just after the interaction, she'll just literally sprint out of our store and just sprint around our building to work off the frustration, and then just come in and be like, "Next." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, you were on an island of weirdness by yourself." Uh, but she came in and she asked me. She goes man, that smells really good. Can I, can I try some? And before I answered and said yes, she was already digging in. Um, but, uh, but I said, uh, I had a pretty big portion left. I said, hey, do you want some more? And she's like, yeah. And I said, oh, did you bring lunch? She's like, no, I, uh, you know, all my money went to my bills. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> just take the whole thing. And she just looked at me and unexpectedly at work, if, if you work with other people, you know, it's weird when somebody just starts crying. <laughs> and my, my mind is, especially when women cry, I never know how to fix it with, you know, do you need, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say in that moment is with my wife, I'm like, oh, just go on Amazon one more time. You can, you know, <laughs> you know just, just whatever it takes, just here, here's my wallet, just stop, please stop crying. <laughs> um, I looked and I said, I'm going to try and make it through this part because I looked and I said, oh, you're just struggling with money? And she goes, yeah, it's my, her situation not to blow up or this is happening and this is happening and I had to pay for this and I had to have, you know, get this. My, my baby's father's trying to take my son away from me and I'm, I'm just sinking everything I have into it. And I say, you know what, what can I do for you? She's like, what do you mean? She, can you be a lawyer? I was like, well, I talk enough. I could be. Um, but, said, no, I can't, but I can feed you for the rest of the week. I was like, I can go on Amazon again. If you, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, she goes, I've never even had anybody ever offer. And she goes, I'm not just meaning at this job. She goes, my life. I've never had anybody help. And she proceeded to dig into her life. And, and I, I asked her when I developed this message, if I could say love changes the way we see it because this woman just proceeded to pour out her life. She didn't even know what a TV was until she was 17 years old. She was, when her parents left for work, she was, her door was screwed shut so she couldn't leave. And she said, I just take each day as a new day and figure out how to live. And I said, can I ask you an honest question? Would you be open just for me to share some scripture with you? Some, some hope. I said, I'm not going to push anything on you, but I just want to say some things, speak some things to you that I hope will intrigue and, and build, build some desire and some wonder. And maybe someday you can come in. I can see you walk through my doors of my church, I can see your life change. Because of the love that was given to me, I said, I wanna give that same love to you. And she says, I don't put my trust in love because the way I was loved was monstrous. The way love shown, was shown to me was selfish. The way love show, shown to me was hateful. And I said, the love I have will be so, so protective that you never have to worry. So the people I know will embrace you. 
People I know, quite honestly, if I preach this message, will probably randomly show up at my work with food for you. She got very excited about that. Love changes the way we see it. Because when it changes the way we see it, it changes the way others see it. And let me make this bold statement that I have bold and underlined. When you become a Christian, you lay down the right to choose who you love. You don't get to pick and choose who Jesus Christ gets, to, gets the opportunity to invite into his kingdom. Are we going to agree on everything? Absolutely not. Does it change the fact that I would go to battle with any of you any day of the week to show the love of God? Absolutely. Because, because love also tells us to see it through. You know how I know love saw it through? It was because I, I've been the one out of the 99 that so desperately needed to be found as displayed in Luke 15. Where would you be if God hadn't fought the fight to get you to see his love? to go out to the depths of this world, to search you out, grab you sometimes what feels by the leg, the hand, the toe, your teeth, whatever you're hanging on by, and say, it's going to be okay. I'm going to put you on my shoulders because you know why I can carry you? Because I carried the weight of this world and this sins just so, just so you could feel loved, just so you could feel the hope. I believe this with all my heart. A life lived without God is hopeless. It's pretty near pointless. I mean that as compassionately yet with all boldness as I can. What we do in life echoes in eternity. I believe that so much that I had that inked on me. I believe that what we do matters. How we live matters. What we say, how we react, it matters. I fought against God's love, but God's love is pretty reckless. I tell you, it changes not only the way you look at your situation, but it changes the way you look at other situations and their needs. How do I know this? We're going to jump online and read this. I believe that there's words that can be said in our, our gratitude to God, but when we realize that we don't have the words to adequately say, God intervenes. Listen, I, I found out at 10.15 last night that I was preaching to say that I hope any of this makes sense <laughs> is this, but this is, this is a monologue that, I've, that I love, that I've... That I've near almost memorized through a song that's, that's called Forever. And it's written by a name named Isaac Wimberly. And he says, if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my brain has not yet reached the point where I, where I could form a thought that could adequately describe the greatness of my God. And my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love. And my voice, 
You see, my voice is inhibited, restrained by human limits, that it's hard to even send, send the praise up. You see, if there were words for him, that I don't have them. My God, his grace is remarkable, mercies innumerable, strength impenetrable. His honor, uh, he is honorable, uh, accountable, favorable. He's unsearchable, yet knowable, indefinable, yet approachable, indescribable, yet personal. He is beyond comprehension, further than the imagination, constant through generations, king of every nation. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my words are few. In trying to capture the one true God, using my vocabulary will, would never do. But I use words as an expression, an expression of worship to a Savior, a Savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise. So I use words. My heart extols the Lord, blesses his name forever. He has won my heart. He has captured my mind and he has bound them together. He has defeated me. He has defeated me in my rebellion. He has conquered me in my sin. He has welcomed me into the presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, flooding me with mercies in the morning, drowning me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have him. But what I do have is, is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do. The words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So we sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For him, all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his words, he sustains in the power of his name, for he is before all things and over all things. And he reigns, holy is his name. So praise him for his life that, we may, uh, that he persevered in strife the humbled son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise him for his death, that he willingly stood in our place, that he lovingly endured the grave, he, uh, he, that he battled the enemy and on the third day rose in victory. He is everything that he has promised. Praise him as a risen king. Lift your voice and sing, for one day he will return for us and he will finally be united with our savior for eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim, for my words point to the word, and that word has a name. Hope has a name. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. And most importantly, love has a name. And that name is Jesus. It's not Zach Chase. It's not Cliff Nurse. It's not Deb Spaulding. It's not Jeremy Creel. That name is Jesus, the name above all names, the name that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. As we amen this, as we see that validity, as we see that come true in our lives, whether you've been saved for a month, whether you've been saved for 20 years, whether you've been saved for 60 years, what do we do with love that will praise his name forever. That will change lives in a way that he can. So I can sit down with you, Christian. I can sit down with you, struggling human being. 
I can talk with you. I can give you hope. Zach Chase can tell you that he sees that you have value to this world. But none of that is going to matter if I don't speak with the love of Jesus Christ. None of that is going to, Zach Chase can't get you through your hardest times. I have, I've had one of the most cakey, fluffy, pie-in-the-sky lives. I mean, I'm 38 and a half, and I've truly, never truly had somebody close to me pass away. I've never experienced that. I've never, I, I, was, I was an adult when my parents split up. I don't know what it's, what it's like to come from a broken home. My parents never abused me. We were, there were times where, if you know this area at all, we grew up in Cannon Circle, poor of the poor. I can tell you that growing up, I had no clue how poor we were. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought everybody split a McDonald's cheeseburger five ways. <laughs> I never went without want, Christian. So there are times where, when it's brought to me and people's struggles, people's abuse, people's hard times, people's doubt comes to, comes to me, I don't have words. But I'm so blessed to believe that because of the love that I've accepted in Jesus Christ, I don't have to have those words, that he will give them to me. That if I surrender, if I yield to the calling of Jesus Christ, my calling is gonna be different than your calling. I, I, the, we've got a boy here that has an amazing head of hair, um, so, so amazing someday I hope he's got that my my patch right back here but I'm jealous but I'm just joking I hope you don't go bald because it's amazing man you know what you know, you know why this 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 teenage boy 16 not 14 as I made a mistake a few months ago has all my respect you give me a 16 year old in your situation that would get up and translate a message for an entire congregation to hear Regardless of how he sees that and how normal he sees that, that's his call, that, that's his call from God. We've had people come through our praise team that can't find auto-tune on our soundboard. <laughs> but they know that in that moment, that's God's call in their life. And they will surrender. We know that, <laughs> my Aunt Donna, ministry stretches us sometimes, Right? Ministry brings us to a place sometimes to where we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen next week. That's a literal statement. <laughs> but I do know this. The love that I have here, the love that I try to exude, the true love that I try to live, is a love that says, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know today my Savior lives. My Savior loves and my Savior is always there for me. My God's always going to be. The Bible says don't worry about for tomorrow because today is going to bring its own problems. And I'll be honest with you, as we close out, Zach Chase brings a lot of those problems on himself. So if I think about tomorrow and how I'm going to fix today, tomorrow, it can stress out a little bit. But I know this. If I just simply yield to God at 10:15 at night and say, I have no clue how I'm going to get this done, God will speak through you. If you, if you give total surrender, Christian, I, bus driving, holy cow. The amount of brake checks I would do in the school buses these days. 
would be innumerable. Well, it wouldn't be innumerable because my days would be limited because I know the type of bus kid I was. God, just get me through this bus route. <laughs> just get me through this. Just get me through this screaming four-year-old's haircut. It's just so any doubt that's my four-year-old. God, just get me through this moment. I, I remember when Lewis got a uh, promotion at work about a year and a half ago, right? He took a promotion. What was your first thing? We had a conversation in his backyard and he was like, dude, I have to put these proposals together. I have to do this, this, and this. And he's like, it's a lot. And you could see on his face the overwhelming sense of, oh. But he's like, you know what, man? <laughs> I'm just gonna give it to God. I'm just gonna take it one step at a time. And I bet now if you look back a year and a half ago and look where you are now, you're like, oh yeah, it's stress. Stress melted away slowly. Still may be there but because of his height, but you know, <laughs> not taking, you know, they, they take him seriously. He can ride roller coasters, you know, things like that, but just barely. Um, but man, God gives us a confidence. And, and, and when we look at what we once stressed and, and worried and fretted about, don't we look back and say, oh, because I gave it to God, I shouldn't have even stressed in the first place. <laughs> that worry, that doubt wasn't there. I love that. I love it. Um, I hope this has made some sort of sense. I challenge you with this. There's a, there's a quote out there that says, this amazing guy, it's a whole monologue. I won't bore you with another one, but at the end of it, it says, you know what's amazing? God allows us to be the change and we get to play a part in changing the world. You don't have to go to Uganda. You don't have to go back to Brazil to win the lost. You can be in Western Mass and that's your world and that's what you're changing. Christians, let's let love overtake. Let's let love run. Let's run with love. Let's develop it. Let's grow it and see what God has to do for us, through us, together, because you are not meant to live this life alone. Amen. Let's pray. As we, as we close in the quietness of this moment, God, we love you. We thank you so much for the peace that passes all understanding. God, I pray that there's anybody in this moment that doesn't know that peace, that doesn't have that joy, that, doesn't, that hasn't experienced that love, God, that you'll begin to tug on their heart. You'll begin to piece that together. While we have all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I just asked two questions today, Christian. Is there anybody in this room, and I'd be reminisced to talk about the love of God and not invite somebody to say, do you know that love of God? Do you have that love of God in your life? Is there anybody here that today that would say, with nobody looking around, I don't know. I've never accepted that love of God. I want to know more. Christian, do you need us to pray for you? In the quietness of the moment, nobody looking around, she says, Zach, just pray for me. First, I need the love of God to intercede in my life and bring peace to situation A, B, C, or D, or maybe all four of them. 
Amen. I see those hands. And Zach, help me to see love the way God wants me to see love. Help me to see people the way he wants us to see people. Anybody say, God, give me that, give me that peace. God, give me that gift. Amen. I see those hands. It's awesome. God, as we close out, as we go about our day to go eat, go be with family, go take a nap, whatever, whatever our day has, God, may we remember this. May we have love in every encounter that we have. May we speak life to the dead and darkest areas of, uh, of our lives and others' lives. May we take seriously the call that you have in our life. May we not take for granted the sacrifice and may we not take for granted that others haven't received that sacrifice yet and need to hear it from us. May we live according to the way you want us to live and may you intercede in those places where we wanna fight. We love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.